All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today we are talking about the scrutiny of Matt Ryan's future, as well as what's at stake for this Falcons coaching staff in this week two game against Tampa Bay. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at Falcfans.com, RIP, still going strong on Twitter at Falcfans, of course, throwing up occasional content over at the Falcoholic, the SB Nation website for the Atlanta Falcons, and of course, hosting this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about how this week two game between the Falcons and Bucks is going to help us evaluate this Falcons coaching staff. We're going to be talking quite a bit about Matt Ryan's future and the scrutiny that he is now under thanks to the Falcons 2021 season not getting off to as good a start as we hoped it would. We'll take a deep look into that conversation about Matt Ryan being the quote unquote problem or not being the problem. But before we get into all of that, I do want to let you guys know about the locked on NFL draft podcast, which is relaunching on Monday, September 20th with brand new hosts. Eric Crocker is going to do the player scouting. Ryan Tracy is going to bring you those analytics. Of course, you should subscribe to the locked on NFL draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, as well as on YouTube. All right, Locked On shows are migrating over to YouTube, including the Locked On Falcons podcast eventually this season, at some point this season. Uh, I'll give you those updates as, as we know more information on that. But eventually you'll be able to see this pretty mug all over the place on YouTube and elsewhere. Uh, so enjoy that. Look forward to that, you know. But uh, we look forward to, to this upcoming game between the Falcons and Bucks. Because every week brings a new challenge. It seems like a basic statement, but it's true. It's sort of how I model my perspective when it comes to talking about teams, this team, the Atlanta Falcons in particular, on this daily podcast. It's one of the things I pride myself on as an evaluator, you know, and you look at some of the things that you're, you're looking at in these games. You're, you're looking at, say, for example, in this week two matchup, one thing that we're, we're going to learn Right. One of the challenges that is set before us is looking at Caleb McGarry, right? And going up against Shaq Barrett. We we saw Caleb McGarry in two matchups against Shaq Barrett in 2019, his rookie season, get absolutely eviscerated. According to Pro Football Focus, gave up a combined four sacks, five hits, and three hurries in those two games against the Bucks. And then last year we didn't really get much of McGarry going up against Shaq Barrett because McGarry in that week fifteen game against the Bucks only played fifteen snaps. I thought he did reasonably well, but Matt Gano had to fill in for him due to injuries in that game. And then in week 17, Shaq Barrett was hurt. And so Kayla McGarry, you know, went out there and played reasonably well uh, with, without facing Shaq Barrett in that game. And, you know, this weekend is going to be a great litmus test to see how far, how much progress Kayla McGarry has made now in year three. If he goes out there and, you know, gives up a, a hit and three pressures or, or whatever the case may be, which isn't great, but certainly compared to what we've seen with him, that's significant progress. 
uh, for McGarry against Shaq Barrett. If he goes out there and gives up, you know, two sacks, two hits and, and four other horries. And we're sitting here saying, you know, he's not really getting better against the t- the caliber of competition that gives him the most problems. You know, Brian Burns is going to be another one of those players later this season that has historically given Caleb McGarry lots of problems over the last couple of years. And we'll sort of measure, see if he is better against that guy. So these are some of the things that I'm, I'm looking for this weekend. There's so many other things, but that's just one example. But you know, this weekend I think is a, a golden opportunity for Arthur Smith uh, in my evaluation of him as a head coach and in this coaching staff, you know, I feel like we're going to learn a lot about Smith and this coaching staff by how much improvement they show this week against the Bucks in, in week two. And, you know, these divisional matchups, you're expecting these games to be close. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people don't expect this game to be close. The line suggests that, you know. And this game between the Falcons and Bucks is not necessarily going to be the end all be all for me in terms of evaluating this coaching staff, but it's certainly it's going to plant a seed about what I think about this coaching staff that we will have to revisit later. You know, if the Falcons do get blown out, it's not going to mean that, you know, Arthur Smith and his coaching staff is a terrible coach, you know, but it does mean that, you know, him, this staff, and certainly this team is very much a a, a big work in progress. There's certainly going to be questions about Smith's ability as a head coach. And again, I don't want to beat this dead horse again, but, you know, we revisit the topic of the whole preseason thing and, and not playing the starters then. And, you know, we could simply say, okay, they didn't play in the preseason. And so these first couple of games of the season is kind of like their preseason where they have to kind of have a feeling out process. Right. But of course, you know, again, not to beat this dead horse, but one can't help but wonder, you know, could you have done your feeling out instead of the first, you know, three or four games of the regular season? Couldn't you have done that in the preseason when the games didn't count, when the the losses didn't matter? And, you know, from my perspective, again, Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself again. You know, these questions go away if, if the Falcons play well this weekend. But, you know, that feels like where we're at. If this team doesn't get their act together, it feels like that's, you know, the decision not to play your guys in the preseason was a rookie mistake by an inexperienced co- head coach. You know, and, and, and that's just, you know, an indicator that we're not getting sort of the fully formed you know, we're not getting that Kevin Stefanski, that Matt LaFleur type of coach that we all kind of hoped we would be getting this offseason. Um, if, if that winds up being the case of, of the guy that's going to wind up being the coach of the year or whatever the case may be, if we don't see significant growth from this football team this week. And, you know, on that subject of the preseason and its importance, you know, for me, uh, again, I don't know if the Falcons had played their starters in the preseason, how week one would have gone differently, but I can't help but think, you know, they didn't play there in the preseason and the Falcons wound up suffering what their worst loss in 35 years in their season opener. You know, I feel like those two issues are somewhat related. How related are they? You know, again, is up for debate, but it feels like there's a little bit of a correlation there. Maybe not a huge one, but a little bit, right? You know, it's not to sit here and say like, oh, if they had played X preseason snaps, it would have equaled Y success in week one. And I know some people say, well, they didn't have preseason last year and it didn't really matter all that much, but like nobody had a preseason last year. So everyone was kind of on equal footing last year. And I just sit here and I go like, you know, when you look at that situation where the Falcons don't play their preseason in the first year of a head coach and then suffer their worst season opening loss in 35 years or whatever it was in 1987, I believe it was, you know, I think a rational, open-minded individual would be go like, hmm, maybe there's something there. Gee, I wonder, right? And I, I feel like that's really what it is. Again, I don't have the answer, but I go, gee, I wonder, probably a lot louder than others do. But I feel like if you're, you know, that type of person that 
actually thinks about these things and, and doesn't sort of go into things with a huge confirmation bias. Like part of you has to be questioning it a little bit. Right. So, you know, in addition to wondering about that whole preseason thing, you know, a lot of us are wondering about Matt Ryan's future and whether he's the problem or his contract is the problem. And we'll talk about that coming up here on today's lockdown Falcons. But before we get there, guys, I do want to let you guys know about the NBA side of the lockdown podcast network, where you can find a daily podcast devoted to your favorite NBA team, including the Atlanta Hawks. Check out the lockdown Hawks podcast hosted by Brad Rowland or your favorite team's daily podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So this past week we saw the Falcons offensive line get pushed around by the Philly defensive line. And we know that that can't happen on Sunday against Tampa Bay, but I'm thinking maybe that won't happen if the Falcons get a little bit more protein in their diet. And I think built bar can provide it. And the good thing about built bar is it's the best tasting protein bar on the market. And you don't have to sacrifice on flavor. They have 11 delicious flavors. And some of them are peanut butter, brownie, Strawberry, I feel like Chris Lynch might be a strawberry guy. Jake Matthews might be a peanut butter brownie guy. Jalen Mayfield, he probably rocks with cookies and cream. Matt Hennessy's double chocolate. Kayla McGarry's cherry barcia. But there's something for everyone. You can also get salted caramel, mint brownie, raspberry. Try them all with a mix box. Built Bars are great because they taste just like a candy bar. They contain 100% real chocolate. But you can get none of the guilt since they're healthy too. They're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. Go order yourself some or go ship some to those boys down in Flowery Branch by heading over to the website at built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So let's talk about Matt Ryan. And on Monday and Tuesday on Twitter, I saw a lot of people talking about how Matt Ryan's not the problem. And personally, I feel like that's kind of the wrong conversation. I won't say it's irrelevant, but it's not particularly relevant to his future or this team's future, in my opinion. You know, and basically I tweeted out on Tuesday, you know, Matt Ryan isn't the problem, but paying him, you know, 30 to 40 million dollars a year is a problem. Right. And I want to elaborate a little bit further on that point. And this goes back to something I discussed with Jeff Schultz of The Athletic previously on the podcast. I've been discussing this off and on at various points over the last several months throughout this off season, this is a subject that's difficult to really take a deep dive in and, and has been so far this off season. Cause you don't necessarily know how relevant it's going to be. Like if the Falcons had started the season four and oh, you know, we're not necessarily having this conversation, but now we, we see that week one game. We see the struggles of the team that week one game. We kind of expect struggles in this week two game. Now this conversation becomes a little bit more relevant, but that conversation centers around the pressure that seems to be mounting on this new regime, that pressure to win. And a lot of it is tied to the quarterback. We're paying what amounts to be 20% of our salary cap to Matt Ryan over the next three years. You, you look at his cap hit this year, his cap hit in 2022 and 2023, the last year of his contract. And you compare that to what the salary cap is this year, $182.5 million. The projected cap for next year, $208 million. And the projected cap in, in 2023 $225 million and Matt Ryan, I think exactly is about 19.7% of the salary cap with his current contract as is, but we can round up to 20%. So 20 cents of every dollar that the Falcons are paying is going to Matt Ryan. And I recall a listener emailing me early in the off season, asking me my thoughts about 
research he had done on, you know, the percentage of money that uh, quarterbacks on Super Bowl winning teams was making. And he said something around 12%. And I did my own research building off that research, not only just looking at Super Bowl winners, but Super Bowl losers, conference championship game losers as well, going back over the last decade. And it was basically 12 to 13%, uh, uh, depending on whether you're looking at salary cap or annual yearly pay, you know, 12 to 13% of the salary cap uh, was for Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. It, it didn't go much higher than that. You know, there were three quarterbacks, at least based off of their various cap numbers, that made, you know, 15%. It was Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger in 2016 and Aaron Rodgers in 2019, but nobody made over 16%. And so I say all that not to simply say, oh, Matt Ryan making 20%, that's his contract is hurting the team. That, you know, that's a different conversation. I'm not really interested in that conversation, but, but what I will say is, and I touched upon this briefly during the off season, that if Matt Ryan's going to be here long-term, he's probably going to have to take an under market deal over the next couple of years, right? If he, if he's going to be here for five years, he ain't making 20%, right? That number needs to be 12, 10 eight percent or something like that, if that's going to work. But, you know, I don't know if we're ready to have that conversation in earnest yet, because I think we still need a little bit more information and see how the rest of this year plays out before we can have that conversation in earnest. But to me, it's a pretty basic concept. You know, the, the analogy that I would use is if you don't watch cable, why are you paying for cable? Right. If you spend, you know, the vast majority of your week watching Netflix and YouTube, and only a couple of hours of cable ain't doesn't make any sense to be paying $70 a month or a hundred dollars a month or $130 a month or whatever you're paying on, on your cable bill. If you're not watching cable and that's kind of the situation with the Falcons, it doesn't make any sense for the Falcons to devote this much salary cap to Matt Ryan. If they're not winning, it's a pure luxury at this point in time. And the business of this league works very differently that you can't really afford that luxury. You can only justify paying that luxury if you're winning games. And I want to talk more about the importance of winning. And yes, we are going to bring up Justin Fields versus Kyle Pitts and that draft selection and why that conversation around that draft selection isn't going to go away anytime soon. And we'll get into all of that coming up on today's Locked on Falcons podcast. But I want to let you know the better line is back and it's better than ever. All eyes are now on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. And as always, better line is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated website and interface and even more odds and props and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today with the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. Falcons are still underdogs by 12 and a half points this weekend against Tampa Bay. Maybe you feel good about putting your money on them. Maybe you feel better about betting on the over under it's 52 points. Think the Falcons offense can get their act together and keep pace with this Bucks offense? Well, bet the over. And you could do so by going to betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, all the way to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So as I was just discussing, you know, you can justify any actions in this league if you get the right results and by right results, we're talking about winning. No one questions you if you win. I know this firsthand, right? You know, for years and years, all my years of covering this team, right? Whenever the team would win, 
And I would, you know, come on. I'm like, well, they need to work on this. They need to work on it. And you're like, hey, Aaron, shut up. Why are you, why are you complaining? Why are you nitpicking? They won. Who cares? Right? And then the opposite is true. When they lose, you know, everything gets scrutinized, right? You, you we did this on Twitter already this week, right? Fran Duffy, who does the film stuff for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Put out a couple of clips of Javon Hargrave getting pressure against this Falcons off on the line pretty much every time against Jalen Mayfield. And like I tagged the, the tweet and being like, I can't help but think, you know, to paraphrase, I can't help but think all the times where the Falcons were sliding their protections to help Chris Lindstrom with Matt Hennessy. Maybe that would have been better to help, you know, Jalen Mayfield, their rookie, rather than their top 10 guard in Chris Lindstrom. And ultimately that clip, two plays, that's, that's what it was thinking about, two plays. But hey, those two plays get the scrutiny now. Every play gets scrutinized when you lost. That's the nature of the beast, right? And this, that's what's happening with Matt Ryan. That's always been the case with Matt Ryan. And, you know, contrary to the opinion of a lot of Falcon fans, he's not unique to this. This is not unique to Matt Ryan. It's not specifically going after Matt Ryan because, you know, the, the, the world is out to get him or whatever conspiracy theories that people believe in, your, in their brain. It, you know, it's us against the world. No one, no one respects us. No one respects Matt Ryan. He's the most disrespected quarterback in the league. No, he's not. Guys, this happens to every quarterback. Like, and and for those same fans, if you've ever sat there and said, "Oh, Derek Carr's trash," or "Kirk Cousins stinks," or "Dak Prescott's overrated," or "Kyler Murray's not that good," you've done the exact same things to those other quarterbacks that other people are doing to Matt Ryan. Again, this happens to everybody. Winning games, and ultimately, when it comes to quarterbacks, winning championships is the only thing that quiets the scrutiny. And you know, frankly, the Falcons only added to the scrutiny when they decided to pass on a quarterback at the top of this year's draft. And again, I know you're tired of hearing and having this conversation about fields versus pits, fields versus pits. Why are we still talking about this? You know, simply ignoring it is not going to make that conversation go away, right? The only thing that makes that conversation go away is winning. The Falcons justified their decision to select Kyle Pitts by winning. Same thing with the the Bears justify their decision to draft Justin Fields by winning. This is the same case with every team in every draft pick, right? It's only louder because it involves a quarterback. Just like every conversation about a quarterback is louder, right? We know that the Falcons are seemingly trying to adopt the Kansas City Chiefs model. We've discussed this in the past about trying to build the team before going out there and getting their future franchise quarterback. So that similar to what we saw with Patrick Mahomes, inheriting that team from Alex Smith. He had already, he joined a team that was already full of pro bowlers already was a playoff team. And so, you know, he didn't have to start from the ground floor up. He was, you know, they were already on the third floor, right? When Patrick Mahomes came to town, he could just build it up to the fourth and fifth floor. Right. And that model is a perfectly viable plan. I mean, you know, we can scrutinize it. We can scrutinize any plan. Right. But that is just as viable as the next one. But as I've said since last November, that model only works if you win. Andy Reid, when he got to Kansas City and brought in Alex Smith back in 2013, in those four years where Alex Smith was the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, they won. They had winning seasons, winning records every single year. They won 43 games over those four seasons before they ever even sniffed Patrick Mahomes. And then they traded up for Patrick Mahomes to push them over the top to take them from a perennial playoff team that gets bounced in the first or second round of the playoffs every year to a team that could potentially win Super Bowls. That's, again, perfectly viable strategy. But again, Andy Reid won. Reid inherited a 4-12 and Chiefs team in that 2013 season and then went on to win immediately 11 games 
and took that team to the playoffs as a wild card team. Right. And we, we, we compare this to the chargers. We talked about this during the off season. When in that 2017 draft, the same year that the chiefs took traded up for Patrick Mahomes, the chargers had a top 10 pick and they let both Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson pass. There was a lot of conversation that off season as discussed when we had locked on chargers guys on the podcast back in late February, early March. There was talk about them taking a quarterback, getting the heir apparent to Phillip Rivers, a then 36-year-old Phillip Rivers in year one of Anthony Linder, a new head coach, similar to now Matt Ryan, 36 years old, and in year one of Arthur Smith. They passed on that quarterback, and they took Mike Williams, the wide receiver. They went 9-7 and seven that year. Then they went 12-4 and four the following year, and it was like, okay, even though Mike Williams isn't necessarily producing, the Chargers are winning, so no one cares. But then in year three, under Anthony Lynn, they went five and 11 and guess what? That was Philip Rivers last season in, in LA and it put Anthony Lynn firmly on the hot seat. And then the next year they drafted Justin Herbert and they didn't win the following year and Anthony Lynn was fired. And so, you know, to put it simply, you can either be the chiefs or you could be the chargers. And the difference is, do you win? If you win, you're the chiefs. If you don't, you're the chargers. And we may look back, you know, 10, 12 years from now and say, Hey man, Justin Herbert was a great pick for the chargers. But tell that to Anthony Lynn is that doesn't help Anthony Lynn because he got, he lost his job because he didn't win, you know? And I've heard so many fans over these last couple of months being like, y'all act like Justin Fields is the only good quarterback ever. There's going to be other quarterbacks down the line. And it's not because we think Justin Fields is the last good quarterback. Of course, there's going to be other good quarterbacks in the future. And the Falcons may very easily, similar to what the Chargers land, one of them, you know, with Chargers got Herbert, the Falcons may land their Justin Herbert. Right. And obviously time is going to tell how it all plays out for the chargers and the chiefs and all these teams. Right. But you know, Justin Herbert goes to LA and, you know, may be in the same exact predicament that Philip Rivers found himself for most of his career. Those 15, 16 years that he was in LA in San Diego, right. His hall of fame, arguably hall of fame caliber career overlapped with other AFC great quarterbacks like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. And he was always, also ran to those guys when they were winning Super Bowls, winning championships throughout the AFC. And Herbert might go on to be a star in LA. He might be on the Mount Rushmore of great Charger quarterbacks with Dan Fouts and Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees and whoever else. But meanwhile, the Chiefs are out there winning championships, building a dynasty with Patrick Mahomes. They win five rings over the next 12 years. While Herbert is always like Phillip Rivers and also ran second place in the AFC West getting bounced in the second round of the playoffs. Oh, they, they just can't figure it out, man. They're always looking up at Patrick Mahomes. And I think it's obvious when it's not your team, if you're a Falcon fan talking about this strategy, you see it, right? You sit here and you wonder, hmm, did the Chargers make the right choice back in 2017 when they passed on Patrick Mahomes and let the Chiefs scoop him up? And trust me, there was a lot more question marks about Patrick Mahomes back in 2017 than there were about Justin Fields in 2021. But it's obvious when you, when you're not emotionally invested in it, like I'm sure many of you will sit here and say, yeah, it makes absolute sense that we will question that draft pick by the chargers because you have that outside perspective, but obviously you don't have that same perspective with the Falcons. It's clouded because you want to believe that everything the Falcons do is the right decision. Understandably, you know, but it's a similar conversation that we're, we're talking about the preseason and, and its importance. 
if you really understand what's at stake here, there's got to be a part of rational part of your brain that looks at that draft selection and says, gee, I wonder, hmm, did the Falcons make the right choice? So, you know, I, I want to make this clear if, if it's not. I think you're absolutely right when you guys say Matt Ryan is not the problem. He's not the problem, right? The Falcons absolutely have failed Matt Ryan. Just like you could say the Chargers failed Philip Rivers. You know, that's an uncontroversial opinion in terms of building a winning team around those quarterbacks. But we sit here and to be frank, you know, the definition of insanity, as they say, is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And so continuing to just basically like, we're going to finally figure out this Matt Ryan thing, maybe, but you only know that if you win, you've heard me say over the last couple of weeks, given all the scrutiny with the Falcons backup quarterback situation, like, you know, I, I don't care that much about what the succession plan is for the Falcons currently. You know, to me, the goal is to try to maximize Matt Ryan's time left here in Atlanta. And many of us, Hope that, you know, that time left is another five years and we can finally build it right around Matt Ryan. But, you know, basically what I'm sitting here saying is, you know, Matt Ryan lasting another five years in Atlanta is a pipe dream if we're not getting the results that we need to get, which is winning on the football field. And all of a sudden I might have to start caring about that succession plan sooner rather than later. You know, and that may be a few months from now. And again, the only thing that delays that conversation is winning. So we're going to see how the rest of the season plays out starting with this weekend. And hopefully we get a better product on the field for the Falcons. Again, I'm not expecting a win, right? I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be like a 31 to 23 type of ball game, but hopefully, you know, it's not a situation where it's like a 31 seven game for most of the game. And then the Falcons just get some garbage time points late in the, in the fourth quarter. I hope it's an actual close ball game for most of it contested for most of the game. You know, I'm not expecting the Falcons to win, but I'm expecting to play a lot better. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the Falcons have to win X number of games in order for Matt Ryan to keep his job. I, I feel like there's certainly a range in my brain, a working model in my brain. But, you know, I'm willing to let things play out a little bit more before we really start having those conversations in earnest and getting too deep into the weeds there. But the larger point is there are consequences to losing. You're right. Matt Ryan is not the problem. The team losing is the problem. And we can spend countless hours debating why they're losing and how much Matt Ryan has to do with it. By the end of the day, why pay for cable if you ain't watching cable? You know, that's the cord cutters mantra. And trust me, guys, the Atlanta Falcons, just like every NFL team, will eventually cut that cord. That's how this business works. So that's where we'll leave it here, guys. We'll see you tomorrow night. You'll hear from me again or not tomorrow night, Sunday night with the rapid reaction to whatever happens in this week two game, hopefully it will not be as sort of dire <laughs> as consequential as today's episode was. And before we get out of here, you know, we're talking about how the business of football works, you know, what about the business of gambling? We'll get some insights there by checking out the lockdown bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling of Paramount sports, get Lee's daily picks, his blowout specials, his lock of the day, by subscribing to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, guys, we'll be back Sunday evening with a rapid reaction to this week two game. If you want to send me your feedback about that or anything I've talked about on today's episode, anything I've talked about on future episodes, anything you want me to talk about on, on past episodes, or I, I got that backwards, you know. 
anything I've talked about on past episodes, anything you want me to talk about on future episodes, of course you can hit me up on Twitter at lockdown Falcons, Facebook at lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to lockdown Falcons at mail.com. Appreciate it guys. Till then.